and welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Hi, everyone. This is Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners at We Family Offices. I'm joined again today by Sam Sudami, our head of macro investing. And we're going to uh, have a discussion that picks up from where we left it the last time, talking about uh, not only the opportunity we see in the fixed income market, but also how we think it's important uh, to pursue that opportunity and where we think the opportunities are and where we think some of the danger may still remain. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Good morning. Thank you very much, Michael. Good morning. Right now, when we look at the equity markets, we see a fair amount of risk uh, given uh, the rise in interest rates, the lagged effect of that rise in interest rates on the economy, uh, and that we, we think there could be some uh, rough sailing uh, in the equity markets. On the other hand, when we look at the bond markets, even though in some parts of the bond market, it's been very rough sailing, uh, in the last week or two. In in other parts of the bond market, we see uh, some opportunity, more opportunity than perhaps we see in the equity market. So if you would, Sam, just take us quickly through uh, what's behind our view that there are parts of the fixed income market uh, that make sense to be uh, investing in and putting incremental capital in right now, and what parts of the fixed income market uh, we think people should hold off uh, on investing in at the moment. So last time we talked about the fixed income environment, and we think it's a good idea to start wading into core fixed income for several reasons. The first is that core yields are attractive and up significantly over the past year. The Fed has been raising interest rates. With inflation coming down, real yields are at the highest in more than a decade. In addition, core bonds perform well after the Fed ends its rate hiking cycle. And we think the Fed is pretty much towards at the end of that cycle. We also think that core bonds can provide a counterbalance to equities. As you just mentioned, you know, equities are at the deep end of the pool. It's a little bit too early to be jumping into that part of the pool right now. But as the economy weakens and rates start to fall, cash starts to roll down the yield curve, which we call reinvestment risk. You know, cash is at that the shallow end of the pool, if you will. It was a great place for us to be over the past year, as we've talked about in earlier calls. But right now, it's sort of wading a little bit deeper into the pool using uh, multi-strategy core fixed income. So, Sam, uh, let's unpack some of those concepts, okay? You, there, there's a lot uh, that you just said. I think the first is, I think we have to, to connect the dots that for the last year to 18 months, as interest rates have risen, our advice has been for families to stay very, very short and basically invest in T-bills, invest in money market accounts, invest in things that would have very short durations. And as rates kept going up, if you were invested in a one-month or three-month a six-month T-bill or a money market fund, you participated in uh, the increase in rates. And that was very much where our advice was. Uh, it was not to be in the longer end or the intermediate end of the bond market because as rates kept going up, prices uh, fell, right? Um, and so uh, now we're in a situation where what I think I hear you saying 
is that that situation has somewhat reversed in that if rates do start to come down uh, or even stay where they are, um, riding up uh, the the curve, the T-bill curve as rates go up is no longer an opportunity. And in fact, there's a potential risk, right, that rates may start to come down uh, and you'll ride the curve down. That's what's behind your your thesis, I think, to be extending and investing in core fixed income as opposed to T-bills. Now, what do you mean by core fixed income, Sam? So core fixed income is, you know, an investment grade multi-strategy core. It is a strategy that has flexibility and adaptability and can provide a balance to a portfolio. And when we put that together, there are four strategies comprising this multi-strategy core. We call them the four arrows, if you will. And those four sub-strategies are total return, core plus, strategic income, and unconstrained. And when you put these four arrows together, it strengthens the core because it better adapts across market environments. Okay. And so, so those four categories are different than T-bills. Right. One of the biggest differences, I would imagine, there are several big differences. One is who you're you're lending to, right? In other words, where the credit risk is. In the case of T bills, it's typically uh, the U.S. Treasury, right? In these other core fixed income categories, it might be the U.S. Treasury, but there are plenty other of other sources of credit risk, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. Um, and then I think. The other distinction with core fixed income from treasuries is the concept of duration. And I think we should spend a minute and talk about duration. But let's let's start first with sources of credit uh, risk uh, in investing and how core differs from T-bills and why it's a good thing to be doing core fixed income. So with core fixed income, when we look at the four different sub-strategies, the first one is total return. It's a strategy that is closely tethered to the Barclays uh, Aggregate Bond Index. It's primarily invested in U.S. Treasuries, mortgage-backed securities, which are have implicit guarantee from the federal government, and very high-quality investment-grade credit. It is, has a very high allocation to AAA, but it is also has a duration that is similar to the Barclays aggregate. It's closely tethered to it. As a result, its purpose is to anchor the core. The next arrow we have is Core Plus. Core Plus utilizes a total return core, the total return that we just mentioned, but has the flexibility to enhance yield by adding to riskier sectors such as higher yield and emerging market debt. So as a rule of thumb, the plus allocation can be 20 to 30% of the strategy. It allows for more yield enhancement than the total return anchor. The third arrow is strategic income. It's extremely flexible and less tethered to the Barclays aggregate. The strategy is benchmark aware. So they, they keep an eye on what the ag is doing, but they're not pegged to it. And it can have, you know, as a rule of thumb, 30 to 40% in yield enhancing sectors. 
It has the flexibility to take more risk when is needed, but also has the ability to reduce risk compared to the Barclays aggregate when also necessary. The fourth strategy is unconstrained. It has the maximum flexibility in its sector allocation when compared to uh, the Barclays Aggregate Index. The strategy is benchmark agnostic. It does not look at the Barclays Aggregate. You know, we would recommend strategies that have an allocation to yield-enhancing sectors with around a 50% maximum as a rule of thumb. We don't want to blow our risk constraints out by using this type of manager. What we want is the flexibility that they offer. So what I hear you saying, Sam, is these four arrows, as you call them, need to be used in, in sort of combination to be sure that investors hit their fixed income investment targets. Um, I want to just end by talking a little bit more about duration. And the first thing I'd like you to do is to please explain the concept of duration, what it represents, and then let's talk just a little bit about where we think investors should be uh, with respect to duration in their fixed income portfolios. So duration is an extremely important concept in fixed income investing. It is a measure of interest rate risk. So when the Fed starts to hike interest rate, it has it poses a higher risk to bonds that have a higher sensitivity to that risk. In other words, for bonds that have high duration, they get hit harder when the Fed raises rates. So as Sam, go up, price goes down. Sam, but the, the inverse is also true, which is that to the extent rates come down, those bonds should benefit. And I think the big discussion that we've been having and that the market has been having is when is it time to extend duration? Because if one thinks rates are going to come down, that would be the place to be. And as I understand it, we are not at that place right now. We've been very, very clear that we think rates may stay higher for longer, given what's going on in the overall economy and what we're hearing from the Fed, which would suggest it is not the time to take duration risk. So duration is also a tool. When the Fed is aggressive, one would keep interest rate to exposure relatively low. But conversely, when the economy is in a recession and starting and rates will fall, duration can be a friend. We're right at that stage where the lagged effects are just now starting to take effect. Inflation is still high. It has come down nicely over the last one year, but the risk is that it can still reaccelerate. So we don't at this stage want to be taking on too much duration risk. So Sam, duration expresses itself in a number in, in terms of years. Right. And what I, you know, a T-bill, just to put an example out there, has a duration of close to zero. Uh, the kinds of strategies in core fixed income that you're talking about right now typically have a duration of two to three, I would think. And really, the long term strategies might have, you know, a duration of eight to ten. What we're suggesting, I think, is that we want to move out of some of the zero duration and into the very short duration, let's call it two to three to four uh, years of duration, but not yet go uh, any deeper than that uh, into longer duration, although that day will come. 
that day will come. So total return tends to be tethered to the Barclays aggregate. It tends to have you know, a duration around six in general. But those other strategies that we talked about, the managers have the flexibility to keep duration less than that of the Barclays aggregate. So they can protect when interest rates rise. But when the time comes to add duration, those three types of strategies can increase their duration. Okay, Sam. Thank you very much. I look forward to the podcast. I don't know when it will be, but I look forward to our session uh, when we uh, are talking about uh, rates coming down and extending duration. Uh, it will means we'll be in the next phase of this economic journey. Thank you very much, Sam, and look forward to talking soon. Thank you, Michael.